Kira and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell, the host of the show, and today we are talking sustainability in tourism. Welcome back listeners and happy hump day. Yes, it is another Wednesday. Can you believe how quickly these weeks are rolling around? I think there's something like 15 Saturdays left until Christmas. Not wanting to freak you out or anything, but yes, it is creeping up on us very, very quickly. Now, for those of you who are dads out there, I hope you had a wonderful Father's Day on Sunday and got spoilt by your little ones or maybe not so little ones now but yeah loved seeing all the photos on Facebook of you all having a wonderful day out there and yeah I can't wait I'm going to see my dad well actually by the time this comes out I will be in Australia with my dad so yeah very excited about that too. Now I mentioned we're talking sustainability in tourism today. We have Gisela Purcell joining us. Gisela is the TIA sustainability advocate. So you've probably heard all about Gisela and a lot of her sustainability journey. Obviously, she was very involved in Nelson Tasman as part of the RTO there when a bunch of operators went and got themselves carbon zero certified through lockdown and actually I think we interviewed them last year as part of the tourism awards program so go back and have a listen to that that was with Tracy Nielsen but a great story there in Nelson and now obviously Gisela is working at TIA and is very involved in rolling out sustainability projects and programs for those businesses who've signed up to the tourism sustainability commitment. Now we get into quite a lot of detail about what this actually means and there are 1500 of you out there who have signed up to the tourism sustainability commitment so I'm sure that none of this will be news to you but Gisela does give us some tips on how to get started, how to keep going and obviously we've now got some updates on new carbon calculators that are free to use. So if you're just starting out on measuring your carbon, I'm going to put the links to those in the episode notes. So check those out. And it's a great way to get started because as we say, it's all about reduce, reduce, reduce. And then when you get to a point where you can't reduce anymore, you can look at offsetting that. So yeah, really good tips in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And obviously regenerative tourism and sustainability are big at the moment it's what visitors are asking for and we're hearing that from the inbound operators and overseas wholesalers as well so get involved if you haven't signed up to the tourism sustainability commitment now is your opportunity to do so so I'm going to leave you with the interview hope you enjoy that don't forget if you enjoy the podcast leave us a five-star review very much appreciated thank you very much and we will be back next wednesday with another great guest and episode for you today we welcome tia's sustainability advocate gisela purcell to the show kia ora gisela and it's great to have you here Kia ora Michelle, thank you so much. Okay, so today we're obviously going to talk about sustainability and in particular the tourism sustainability commitment that TIA have. But first, let's start off by actually saying what is sustainability? What does that mean? 
Oh, that is such a good question, Michelle. And yeah, we take a very holistic approach to sustainability. So people often think that sustainability means being good for the environment. Mm. And that is a really important part of it. But when we at TIA talk about sustainability, we're also talking about economic sustainability, visitor sustainability, and community sustainability as well. There are those four pillars and they're all equally important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And obviously, the last couple of years through COVID, we've come out of it, or we're coming out of it. We're not through it completely yet. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of talk now around regenerative tourism. So how does that differ from sustainable tourism? Oh, that's a good question. You could write a PhD about this if you want the long version. No, thanks. <laughs> Just the short one. The short version, the tweetable version that yes. I would say is sustainability is really looking at how can we do tourism better? How can we deliver a better service? That kind of thing. Whereas regenerative tourism is asking the question, how can tourism be better for New Zealand? How can tourism enhance our communities and our environment? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's some really interesting. So would it be fair to say that a lot of that regenerative tourism is done at a higher level or is it still down to individual businesses to have a a say in that and focus on their own sustainability journey? It takes both, eh? top down and bottom up, all working together, you know, like at at a higher level, you've got government is is absolutely talking about regenerative tourism every rto has got regenerative tourism in their destination management plan so Mm -hmm. from a top down it is absolutely happening but it's so important that it also comes from a bottom up that we have community-led tourism that Mm -hmm. communities love what our tourism operators are doing and can see the benefits that they're bringing to communities and yet every single business can do their bit and some are doing amazing work in this so we need both both approaches at the same time yeah yeah I think you're right when you say that there are a lot of businesses doing some really great things in tourism and there's maybe an argument that we're not good enough at telling our story about what we do in this sustainability piece but I'm really excited about the tourism sustainability commitment that TIA launched a number of years ago now but can you just tell us a little bit about what it is how it came about and how people can get involved in Oh, look, absolutely. So yeah, the New Zealand Tourism Sustainability Commitment was developed in 2017, so well before COVID. It's not new, but it's more relevant than ever. And yeah, it was developed to be in line with international standards. So we looked at the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. We looked at this international best practice which is quite complex. And then we adapted that to New Zealand and made it all tourism specific. So it's got these four pillars of economic sustainability, visitor sustainability, community sustainability, and environmental sustainability. And within that, there are 12 commitments that cover a whole range of things like resilience, which was actually the first commitment. And I would say every tourism operator who's still in business today is resilient, you know, (laughs) but then you're other things about how we share the culture and heritage within New Zealand, Maori culture, but not only Maori culture, there are a lot of cultures here that we can share, how we, with visitor satisfaction, being an employer of choice, community engagement, you know, carbon reduction, those are all parts of the TSC, the Tourism Sustainability Commitment. So people can just go up online to the website and there's so much information there and they can sign up to the 
commitment. Mm-hmm. Signing up's the easy bit. <laughs> that yep. takes a minute or less. <laughs> yes. What yeah. then is the key is turning that commitment into action. And so you can also download just a one-page sustainability action plan mm-hmm. and start shaping up what steps you've already making. That's actually really good to acknowledge mm. the good work you are doing, but making sure that you and your staff know all about it and have got that on the tip of your tongue that you can share that information. But then also making looking for short-term wins, what steps can you take today, and what are some of the longer-term goals that you can work towards over the next five years. Mm. But it's giving you that nice framework and that structure under the 12 commitments. Mm. That sounds really good. Yeah, I've been doing quite a bit of work with operators around mainly the North Island on writing business plans, and we talk a little bit about this kind of thing in writing your business plans because obviously if you can sit and define what goals you have for the three to five years well that obviously makes it a little bit easier for you to have something to focus on rather than just being a little bit overwhelmed by 12 commitments inside this sustainability commitment that you've made so yeah that, that, that's so true and sometimes small operators sometimes they're you know just a couple running a business and they think yeah. oh we don't need a business plan But actually, it's really good. It can be simple. It can be a business plan on a page. It can be simple. But just having that direction and thinking about, well, what are our priorities? And making sure you actually are aligned. And then as a business gradually grows and takes on staff, being able to articulate that really clearly to staff is important. So Mm -hmm. it's music to my ears, Michelle, that you're doing that work. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, cool. And you mentioned the four pillars and that they were of equal value. But if somebody's starting out and they're looking at the sustainability commitment saying, yes, I want to be part of this. What's your recommendation on where they actually start? You mentioned writing down what they all, all already do, but I mean, if they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, what, yeah. what, what are your tips? Oh, look, my tips would be to download this action plan on, yeah. on a page and, and that will really, they will have some natural tendencies, I guess, already. So mm-hmm. obviously economic sustainability, that's writing your business plan, getting that shaped up. That's important. But then some people will naturally be inclined to be really engaging with their community really well, or they'll be naturally inclined to be doing a lot of nature restoration. Mm -hmm. They'll already know, I think, in their heart where they're tending towards. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the easy bit. So definitely writing down their natural inclination and areas of focus. But then the next step really is think, oh, this is something I'm not doing so well. How can I do it better? And that's often where the big changes then are made within a business is looking at your areas perhaps that don't come so naturally. Yeah. yeah. But that, that, that framework on a page will really help clarify that. Yeah, cool. And do they have to report back to TIA on an annual basis on how they're going? Like they've signed up for the commitment. Are you checking that they're doing more than just signing up? Yeah, but look, this is a good question. Look, so far about 1,500 businesses have signed up, which is a lot, but we do now run an annual return. It's just a Mm -hmm. survey online where they can tick the boxes and tell us about the progress they're making. It's based on self-reporting. We don't go in and audit businesses. I should say there is no cost to signing up the TSC, and this is absolutely free of charge and using all the resources there is no cost to it but that also means we we don't go in and audit these businesses it's based on self-reporting but we do ask that everyone who signed it completes this annual survey and gives us an indication of where they're heading and that really helps us 
have a national overview of which areas we can give more support on. So in this year's survey, it was interesting because people gave us all their feedback on how they're doing. And I've got to be honest, with COVID, sustainability has definitely reduced its its priorities. You yeah. know, there have been yeah. way more urgent priorities in the last couple of years, and we get that. But now's the time to bring sustainability back up the to-do list, I guess. And so in the most recent survey we did, it was fantastic to see what work people are doing. But the commitment that had the lowest score was around carbon measurement. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people said they're really interested in measuring and reducing their carbon footprint, but didn't really know where to start. So mm. we got this really clear message that businesses are interested in this, but not quite sure how to go about it. And so that's a clear indication to us at a national level that that's where we can do capability building work. So that annual reporting can help us shape our our areas of focus as well. So it's really mm. useful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great to know. And it's interesting you say that sustainability has kind of dropped off a little yeah. bit through COVID, but. I would argue that maybe the environmental side of things has because we've been focused on, I guess, that financial viability of our Mm -hmm. businesses. There's been an element of community and obviously staff and how we look after our staff or keep people engaged Mm -hmm. in the industry. But there is a lot of research now coming out saying that visitors coming to New Zealand are starting to think about their carbon footprint and what impact their travel is going to have and that they are starting to ask for experiences that do make a difference in this space is that what you're seeing as well so true michelle and there's a lot of research you can see what people are searching for on google or booking.com and expedia are doing a lot of research around Mm. this sort of thing as well and absolutely people are looking for eco cottages rather than just holiday cottages Mm. that kind of thing those terms are coming up it's still a little bit in debate if people are prepared to pay extra for these extra services or not but I believe the time will come my my personal vision would just be that visitors to New Zealand just have a sustainable experience that's all we offer it's not something that people have to choose no choice love that every (laughs) operator is just offering this really holistically sustainable experience that's what I would so love to see but your research shows that demand is increasing for it I'm hearing from international travel trade that Mm -hmm. they're getting inquiries about it. And for example, they are wanting then to put together an itinerary and be able to say what the carbon footprint of that itinerary Mm. is. So there are real opportunities within this as well. It's not all about adding costs to businesses. It's about grabbing opportunities and that if, if travel trade can put together their itinerary, it will obviously have the price of every activity. And yep. beside that, they can also have the carbon footprint per person of each activity yep. and come out with the total. And then let the visitor choose if they would like to offset it or make it really offer opportunities for them to offset that through mm. plantings within New Zealand. You know, there's some really cool opportunities that come within this. I've got to admit, sometimes I think, man, is sustainable tourism just one big oxymoron? You know, is it even <laughs> possible when we're asking people to fly around the world and then do a big road trip through New Zealand? Like, yeah. huh, it doesn't look that green on the outside. But, you know, when I talk to in New Zealand, I talk to our airports, our domestic airports, they are working so hard to reduce the carbon footprint of their services. They really, really are. And then I always come back to my little mantra is, what can I do? What can I do? And focus on that. It might not be perfect, but get started, you know, Mm -hmm. and do what I can do as well as I can. And 
if we're at a business level, don't get paralyzed by the big picture not being perfect, but just yep. come down into what's the very best that I can offer. Yeah. And just narrow in on that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good advice, isn't it? Because it is a journey that's going to be ongoing. And it's really interesting because I look at sustainability as something that will keep evolving. There'll be different methods and different things that we want to measure as time goes on. And one of the risks, I guess, is if you set yourself a goal at becomes a target which once you reach that you go oh I've done that I've ticked it off I can sit back and relax now done my piece whereas that's actually not really the case with sustainability is it it's constantly moving that's so true it's evolving all the time technology is evolving our awareness our understanding our knowledge is evolving yeah it's constantly constantly changing Mm. just around the carbon reduction like I say this is just one part of sustainability Mm. Government has set some very concrete targets that New Zealand is net zero carbon by 2050, but they've also set that all government departments are net zero carbon by 2025. Wow. That's only a couple of years away. away. (laughs) That's really soon. And so there are some, some very real targets out there and they haven't yet said what flow on effects that will have to Mm. tourism businesses but if DOC if the Department of Conservation have to be net zero carbon it's not a big stretch to think they will set some targets for all their DOC concessionaires yeah and while that hasn't been publicized or even decided yet I could imagine there will be some consequences and that concessionaires will have to be demonstrating what they're doing so it's great to be thinking about this now and then not have a big surprise in two years time Yes, yes, definitely. And while we're on the subject of carbon, I know there's been a lot of discussion around which program is best to measure your carbon. And there's obviously, we caught up on the weekend and you were mentioning that there's some free calculators as well as paid ones. Can you talk me through some of the differences of those? Because it is a bit of a hot topic. Yeah, yeah, look, it is. And that's so good, actually. And I must admit that the free tools have been getting more and more robust Mm -hmm. recently. And so the three free tools, which I feel are particularly good, there's a really good one that was only launched a couple of months ago by the Sustainable Business Network. So if you Mm -hmm. Google them and then look for their tools for carbon measurement, that's a really robust online calculator. Ecos and Toitu have also made their core tools free to use so any of those sustainable business network ecos or toitu offer free tools there are a whole lot of other ones but they're the ones that i think are particularly robust Mm -hmm. and you can go in the data you need to enter is not complicated you do need to gather the data but you'll need to look at your your power bills your electricity Mm -hmm. how much fuel you use for driving vehicles your business travel is probably going to be quite a big one your flights and accommodation They'll ask for freight. That's often not a big one for tourism operators. Yeah. And there might be a couple more, but it's not not a whole lot. Once you've gathered that data for a whole year, it's a matter of plugging that into one of those calculators. And it will tell you what your carbon footprint is at no cost. Mm-hmm. Where the costs come in is if you want to get verified, if you want to get certification, right. okay. you want yep. to offset, then you yep. start to pay. But I would even, don't worry about that straight away, just get started. And then yep. you can track the change. You can share that information with your staff and get all your staff on board to help reduce your carbon footprint, your, your power usage, your fuel usage, your business travel. Look for ways to reduce that. And that's a good way to get started on the journey. Mm, cool. Good advice. 
And have you got any good examples of businesses that have been through the commitment and have got some really tangible business results out of taking a more sustainable journey? Well, look, off the top of my head, I'd come back to my little cluster in Nelson, Tasman. You might all know I live in Nelson. And oh my gosh, we've had a big reminder that that climate change is real here. You know, we've had, had some flooding here, but we've also got some fantastic operators who are working really, really well to minimize their impact on the environment and so there's a wonderful cluster of businesses here you know some of them used lockdown when they were getting the wage subsidy they use that time to go through the process of getting zero carbon certified the first operator in the region to do that was Brendan Auburn. he's got the business abletasman.com mm-hmm. and it's a complicated business he's running motorboats with fuel he's got yeah. a a shop he's got a campground you know he's got multiple aspects to his business it's not all just kayaking which is Mm -hmm. naturally very low carbon yes yeah he was able to work through this and the focus really is on reducing their footprint reduce 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 then offset what you can't reduce any Mm -hmm. further but that's what these this cluster of businesses are doing and it's really inspiring yeah yeah cool another great example of not wasting a the opportunity that comes out of a crisis, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so for those operators who are listening in who might be sitting here going, oh, God, this just sounds like more compliance and I've already got a lot on my place and I'm really just hanging on by Mm -hmm. my fingertips for a good summer to get me Mm -hmm. through, what do you say to them? Oh, look, I do. We do understand. We do understand. And I think the whole thing is just to get started. Don't aim for perfection. Lots and lots of small steps all add up to a big impact. And and just, I come back to my little mantra of what can you do? What are some of the quick ones that might actually save you money as well as carbon or whatever, you know? It's not all about extra costs. So, um, and really look at what can you do? You know, your own personal sustainability is important too. Look after your mental health. Don't just put more and more pressure on yourself if you haven't got enough staff and you're running the tours yourself as well as the marketing and the accounting and Mm. looking after yourself. Oh my gosh, that's a crucial part of sustainability. Absolutely. So do that first, but do look at what you can do. Get your staff involved wherever they can. Look for the, the quick ones where you can. Yeah, because even when we look at the visitor sustainability and measuring the satisfaction levels of customers, even those sorts of things don't cost anything at all. But it's it's literally asking customers if they've got any suggestions for improvement. And those small things can have quite a major impact on the success of your business as well. When you think about the impacts of word of mouth advertising and, you know, just that. Yeah, that customer satisfaction and raving fans, I like to call them, but yeah. Yes, yeah, totally, that's so true. And and also working with your neighbouring businesses, you know, if you've got a cluster Mm. of tourism operators in an area, see where you can collaborate, where can you work together on this and around sustainability, that's often where you have the biggest impact as well, if you can share some ideas. You know, we have another, another neat idea, another nice example was a group of businesses in, in Wellington who talked to Bid Foods about, reducing the plastic packaging around vegetables that were being delivered and so bid foods changed you know what they did and this was just a few businesses having a conversation with a supplier so sometimes that collaboration can result in bigger impacts and it's just little steps yeah 
Yeah, because a lot of that is that, isn't it? I know in businesses that I've worked at, you do look at the single servings and that kind of thing that all come in plastic. And, you know, like we understand why we do that. And particularly through COVID, it's almost got worse because, of course, we yeah. don't, we haven't wanted to share things. So we've almost gone back to, mm-hmm. well, I look at the waste out of the rapid antigen tests and the masks mm, oh and gosh, ev- yeah. everything else. I mean, oh, it's, it's horrible when you think about it. But, you know, there are ways that we can work with suppliers to put a bit of pressure on them. And I know even personally, when I buy things now, I'm really conscious of the packaging mm-hmm. that yeah. these things come in. And like you buy, oh, we had a, a flood here over Christmas and I had to buy some new furniture and it was just flat pack stuff. And the, God, my oh, bin was full <laughs> of polystyrene and just, yeah. it was just like, oh, oh horrible yeah. to think about you know, this going out yeah. on a mass basis every oh, that's day. That's so true. But just on that polystyrene example, I was talking to a group of operators in Hawke's Bay just last yeah. week, and one woman there with polystyrene was kind of her bug there as well. It's such horrible stuff. And whenever she had to go to Auckland for other things, she would take any recycling she'd collected because the Mitre 10 up in Auckland would recycle, collect it and recycle it. But wow. the outcome of this little conversation, this workshop we had was a whole group of operators in the Hawke's Bay were going to go to their local Mitre 10 and say, hey, would you please collect our recycling and you take it to Auckland? You've probably got an empty truck going up there yeah. once a week. And it's just getting these conversations going and Absolutely. then potentially bringing in more sectors, not only tourism going yeah. alone, you know? And yeah. Yeah, I could tell another little story about a personal experience from a few years ago, if you like. Yeah, sure. But I'll just let you know, like several years ago, and I need to look up what year it was, maybe around 2017, there was Mm -hmm. a big flood on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And you might remember, this is a beautiful, pristine environment at the foot of the Southern Alps. So beautiful. But this flood, the Fox River, washed through an old landfill. Oh, I remember and that. all the rubbish from this landfill was strewn down the river valley. Yep. It was just horrible. And the only way to get rid of all this rubbish was to pick it up one piece at a time. And Doc put out this call, would anyone like to volunteer and come down and help? Mm. And so I did. I went down for a few days. And you don't realise at the time what things in your life are going to have a big impact on you. But this yeah. experience ended up having a big impact on me. It was in May. It was pretty cold. And I was, we were down there. It's in the back of beyond. We got token out in these army vehicles. They're called scours, And they've got these massive big wheel things that would take up these river valleys. And we'd get wow. up in groups and had our hivers vests on. And we're in the middle of nowhere picking up this rubbish. Fortunately, yeah. it was very clean. and being washed by yeah, the washed. Rubbish. <laughs> Very clean rubbish. Cool. But... Oh my gosh, I picked up so many of those little single serve butter packaging yep. things, stuff like that. And my t- it was just really not, you know, just brought it home to me how we throw stuff away, but there's no such thing as a way. Yep. This stuff had been underground for 30 years, but it had not decomposed at all. Wow. My two takeaways from it were, one was how much of this rubbish had been created by hospitality, by tourism businesses in the 70s and 80s, and it was yep. still there. But the other takeaway that really, so that was kind of the depressing takeaway, the yeah. really exciting takeaway was how many international visitors came and joined in helping us to pick up this rubbish. Mm. So there were New Zealanders from all over the country. Yeah. And then there were all these international visitors and 
they weren't all German backpackers. There were Americans, there was South African couple I remember particularly well, but one that really stands out was a Taiwanese couple on their honeymoon. Wow. And they spent three days picking up our rubbish, you know, in the back of beyond in this beautiful area. But they, these international visitors really wanted to do something good, leave yep. the country better than they found it and connect with Kiwis. And we had some pretty awesome karaoke nights in the Fox River Tavern. <laughs> you know, I can imagine. <laughs> these international visitors really wanted to do good stuff. Oh, and that awesome. stuck with me, I think. How can we harness and inspire and capture people like this who really want to do good stuff while they're on their holiday? Yeah, definitely. God, that's a great story. I hadn't, I mean, obviously I remember the floods and I remember the the rubbish washing down the river, but I hadn't heard that end part of it. So that's, yeah. Oh, really no. Yeah, I, I, it was it was really quite good fun doing this, you know. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing, like just as an aside, that the South African I mentioned, he sticks in my mind because at one of these karaoke nights, he got down on one knee and proposed to his long-term girlfriend wow. using a ring that he'd made out of the rubbish oh. he collected that day. You know, he'd gone around and collected the stuff and made this ring out of rubbish. And oh, how it gorgeous. was just so cool, you know, but it yep. generally quite a lot of really cool feelings you know like it was a oh, really I can neat. imagine and what a story for them to take home yeah. and tell their friends and family and grandkids <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool really yeah oh, brilliant oh that's so cool hey look well Gisela I don't have any more questions for you but we do have our little quick fire round just to get to know you better so oh, are you up for that for this gosh <laughs> <laughs> I'll just fire some questions at you and you just tell me the first thing that pops into your head. No okay, competition we'll give it a whirl. <laughs> okay, let's start. North or South Island? Oh, that's controversial, but <laughs> I, look, I am a South Islander at heart, yeah. Yes, no <laughs> surprise. <the> <laughs> what about skiing or cycling? Oh, no, definitely cycling for me, yep. yep. Okay, <laughs> what's your favourite holiday spot? Oh, what's my favourite holiday spot? That's a tricky one too. I do have a little holiday house in Nelson Lakes National Park. Yeah. And I love going there. It's a little bit off the beaten track. It's, yep. there's not a lot there and that's partly what I love about it. And yep. you've just got mountains and a lake and the occasional sandfly comes along too, but <laughs> we absolutely love it there. It's great in summer or winter. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, our brain switches perfect. off when we go there. We've got no Wi-Fi and things and our brain slows down and it's yeah. a nice place to be. Lovely. Mm. And is there something that you're great at that no one else knows about? Oh, no. <laughs> what can I say? I'm getting pretty good at hobbling around on crutches right now. I've got my leg in a cast. So, yes, the um, one foot shuffle. It's been my, my growing talent. I haven't got the upper body to show it. I wish I had some secret talent I could get on about. And what's your favourite sustainability tip? It's just look. Do what you can. Get get your family involved at a personal level. My, yeah, you know, when you're buying your tomatoes, do you get the ones that are in loose packed or in the plastic container? Look for the little steps that you can take and just avoid the rubbish in the first place so that you don't even have to do the recycling. Yes. Avoid yeah. what you can. Yeah. Good tip. Good tip. And finally, what is your ideal day off? What does it look like? 
It probably would be on a bike, actually. I've got a young dog who's really cool, and she loves when we go mountain biking, and she just loves when we go uphill. She's ahead of us, and she's so sweet because she'll sit down and look over her shoulder as like, why are you going so slow? And then on the downhill, she just flies down, and I love that, actually. She just brings so much joy, but you're outside and biking and that combination would be, I guess, my ideal day. My favourite ride in Nelson is the Copper Mine. That's okay. a really nice, quite a long uphill and then a beautiful flowy downhill, not too technical, even I can yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And then it finished up pretty much in town, so you can go to a local pub, yeah. have nice. a craft beer with some friends. That's a really neat day out. Yeah, like yeah enjoy that. Oh, awesome. Oh, well, look, thank you so much for sharing all your tips with our listeners today. That's been really interesting learning more about the tourism sustainability commitment. And I will add some links into the episode notes for those who are listening in and want some more information. Otherwise, they can just get in touch with you guys and and learn more and get involved. And as you say, just start on your journey. We all need to start somewhere. And now is the best time to do that. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Really, really nice chatting to you. Ka kite. Ka kite, Kizla.